Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists, empowerment, talk radio. Speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent family, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming Transforming truth truth to power. power. One broadcast 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 at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good evening and thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground where black truth has a sanctuary. Thank you so much for being with us. For those who are listening on your smart devices, you can join us in our chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And we thank you so very much for being with us. You need to call a friend because black is happening here. Uh, You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, WordPress. And this is our 2014 season uh, with the theme of Black America, a state of emergency. And for those of you who are new to us, thank you for joining us for the first time. And we appreciate having you with us. Make sure you call that friend. Uh, Before we get started, as we always do, we try to uh, frame and counter the 
mainstream media narrative. And uh, in doing so, we try to look at some of the issues that are important and have an arching theme. We also try to bring you as much information about what's happening around the country as we possibly can tonight at our Common Ground. We're going to be looking at a number of things, and we posted it in our chat room for you. Ebola fear and the trauma of that fear. We're going to be looking back at the weekend of resistance and setting the narrative for that. And as we discussed in our program last week, we're going to be looking at Fix My Life with uh, Voodoo TV. Does it work? Does it help? Also, we have a number of items that came up this week that we want to touch on with you, one having to do with the Fox contributor Stacey Dash and get your response to what she had to say this week uh, on one of their broadcasts. And uh, we're featuring uh, tonight uh, the premier ideology and um, expressions of Dr. Cornell West who is uh, an Our Common Ground voice that we think you might be interested in listening. He is going to frame the narrative for this program over the next one hour and 54 minutes. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you want to write that down. 347 347- Eight three eight nine eight five two, and there are a number of things you can do with that number. One, you can listen if it's easier for you to listen on some smart device, or you can call in and talk with me and uh, raise issues, uh, problems, solutions, present solutions that might be on your mind about all of the things that we are facing in this state of emergency. I'm Janice Graham, and this is my 29th year at this microphone. We want to also remind you that we have a SISTA network, a TruthWorks network, and the Alpha of the Alpha show, who has been uh, on hiatus for a couple of weeks, taking a well-earned break from the microphone, will be returning next Friday night. Uh, Before we get started, we would also like to remind you that we have new followers, new listeners, uh, new subscribers on our uh, Facebook page, and most of, all during the week, we are framing the narrative of what is going to happen on this program, what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be looking at all week, so you need to subscribe and like us on Facebook. Our page is OCG Talk on Facebook, and you can also check out our blog at Our Common Ground Talk WordPress.com. So, before we begin, we want to remind you that at the top of the state of emergency is the fact that Darren Wilson has not been charged, she has not been arrested for the murder of Michael 
Brown. Early this Saturday morning, by a 6-3 ruling, the Supreme Court let stand the state of Texas voter suppression law. As a result, 600,000 people stripped of their right to vote. Will we ever vote in big numbers, those of us who still can, to end this nonsense? Huh? Hello? This is what Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg had to say about, about this ruling this morning, and I quote her. The greatest threat to public confidence in elections in this case is the prospect of enforcing a purposefully discriminatory law, one that likely imposes an unconstitutional poll tax and risks denying the right to vote to hundreds of thousands of eligible voters. Ginsburg disputed the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals' argument that it was too close to the November election to stop the law. Early voting begins in Texas on Monday. Do you remember the story that we have been covering that everyone, it seems, on the planet was raising the challenge, bring back our girls? Well, the Nigerian government said it has agreed to a ceasefire with the Islamic militant group Boko Haram and is negotiating for the release of 219 schoolgirls kidnapped six months ago. The deal would mark a huge breakthrough after a five-year insurgency by extremists seeking to create an Islamic state in the north of Africa's most populous country. It has left thousands dead, and a worldwide outcry was prompted when the girls were abducted in April from the northeastern town of Jibak. Members of the Bring Back Our Girls campaign tweeted today, we are monitoring the news with huge patience. And here is a an update on the Marissa Alexander case. According to the First Coast News, and I did authenticate the report with her former husband, Lincoln, Lincoln Alexander, last week in Jacksonville, Florida, five new witnesses have turned out to be the best news for Marissa Alexander and the worst news for her abusive husband, Rico Gray. In 2010, if you did not know, Marissa Alexander, who we interviewed one hour after her sentencing of 20 years, fired a shot into the air to keep her husband from attacking her. Alexander had just given birth only 10 days prior and testified that Gray was in a jealous fury and threatened her life. In 2012, Marissa Alexander, Alexander was sentenced to 20 years in prison for firing that warning shot and harming no one. So we have some sworn depositions. But in a sworn deposition by her husband, Rico Gray, he said, Quote, I was in a rage. I called her a whore and bitch, and I told her, you know, I used to tell her that if I can't have you, nobody is going to have you. It was not the first time of ever saying it to her, unquote. Ironically, according to Florida's uh, Stand Your Ground law, if Alexander had killed Gray, she would have most likely gone free. 
in states like South Carolina. Stand your ground doesn't apply to victims of domestic does not in the state of Florida. First Coast News has extensively covered the Marissa Alexander case, and they reported on October 10th that five new witnesses came forth in a pretrial hearing and testified against Rico Gray and his violent past. After Alexander has spent months in jail, including time away from her newborn infant, her trial was overturned in September of 2013, reportedly due to jury misinformation. I want to mention that the overturn occurred after a very big national protest, one which happened right here on these airwaves. Once the original trial was overturned, rather than Angela Corey, the Florida State Attorney General, dropping the case, the district attorney stated that she would seek a 20-year sentence in the new trial. That's hard to even speak. It's disgusting, merciless, unjust, and utterly ridiculous. Another witness, former gray wife Deshana McGriff, alleged a raft of abuses, including being hit with a gun, having her nose broken, and being locked in a closet for hours. We will continue to follow the Marissa Alexander story as her trial unfolds in January of 2015. Here's some good news. The Pew Research Center reports that with the help of black and Latino students, the national high school dropout rate has reached an all-time low of 7% four-year-olds who have who left school last year. Although Hispanic students still have the highest dropout rate amongst all racial and ethnic groups, their numbers reached a record low of 14% in 2013, which is a major improvement from a 34% rate in 2000. Black students also reached a record low with 8% of students leaving high school last year. Uh, here's an announcement, things that you should know. The purpose of Congo Sunday is to raise global consciousness about the current conflict and humanitarian crisis in the Congo, to advocate for peace, justice, and human dignity in partnership with the Congolese people. Congo Week 2014 is the seventh anniversary of Congo Week that will occur tomorrow. Every year, the third week of October, people throughout the globe gather to commemorate the millions of lives lost in the conflict in the Congo while celebrating the country's enormous human and natural potential. You can join um, this celebration um, in, in a number of places. And we suggest that for information that you should look at Kinetics, K-I-N-E-T-I-C-S Live dot com, Congo hyphen Sunday. The Mid-Atlantic Association, this is coming from our Common Ground voice, uh, Dr. Uh, Rogers Rose, the Mid-Atlantic Association for the Study of Classical African Civilizations will hold its regional conference in Norfolk, Virginia on four, November 14th through the 16th. This year's conference theme is in honor of Dr. John Henry Clark, one of our founding members on the occasion, 
of his 100th birthday. Uh, we will be providing you more information about that, and um, we cer certainly will be inviting Dr. LaFrancis Rogers-Rose, who is one of the founders of the, Mid of the Association for the Study of Classical African Civilization, to join us on, on this program. Uh, big kudos to two Our Common Ground voices, uh, Dr. Tommy J. Curry. It's official. He's flying over the Atlantic Ocean to deliver a paper on the Wiz. He says he hates flying over oceans, but it's his first international keynote on the Wizard of Oz's fifth anniversary. The other for Dr. Curry is a letter that he got. Um, he, he, he submitted a chapter for a book entitled Back to the Workshop, Black Education, Imperial Pedagogy, and Post-Racial Mythology Under the Reign of Obama, for inclusion in the NSSSE yearbook. And he got this note. Overall, we found your philosophical approach, critique of post-racialism and critical race theory and the linkages to U.S. imperialism, both noteworthy and refreshing. In fact, we believe that your chapter is one of crown jewels of the text. Congratulations and big kudos Awesome, I want to say awesome to Dr. Tommy J. Curry. Also a note, uh, James Perry, who is an Our Common Ground voice, and he joins us often to talk about housing discrimination. He is leaving the New Orleans, Louisiana, fair housing um organization that he has led for many, many years. Uh, many of you might know him as the husband or the partner, second part of the powerful couple, uh, but of Melissa Harris Perry. And he is leaving. He has led this organization with a great deal of courage, and we wish him well. Thank you all for joining us uh, uh, at Our Common Ground tonight. We've got a group, big group, talking in the in the chat room, led by um, uh, India Declare, uh, who always has something very important and very powerful to say. We're going to get started, and this is how we frame the narrative for tonight. Thank you again for being with us. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. I call it the niggerization of a people, not just black people, because America been niggerized since 9-11. When you niggerize, you're unsafe, unprotected, subject to random violence, hated for who you are. You become so scared that you defer to the powers that be, and you're willing to consent to your own domination. And that's the history of black people in America. That's the history of black people in America. Anytime you look the tear in the face, and you deal with the trauma, even if maybe all you could do is sing a song and let us never forget the summer of 1971. The number one album in America was What's Going On by a genius named Marvin Gaye. Yeah. What's going on? Who really cares? Save the babies. What's happening, brother? And Donnie Hathaway was in on the sideline, and so was Nina Simone, and so was Gil Scott Heron, and so was Farrell Sanders, and Miles Davis, and others. You had a whole content.
context in which you can look the terror and trauma and stigma in the face and say, we're going to stand the way Sly Stone said, stand that same year in his album. That's what we're talking about. And we live now in revolutionary times, but the counter-revolution is winning. The counter-revolution is winning. The greedy oligarchs and plutocrats are winning. One out of four corporations don't pay taxes. Been gobbling up billions of dollars, and yet not just 21% of our children living in poverty of all colors, each one precious, 42% of America's children live in poverty or near poverty. That is sick, it's a moral obscenity, it's a national disgrace, and yet we have a political class, no matter what color they are, that won't say a mumbling word about that poverty. Why? Because it sits outside of the give and throw between a right-wing, mean-spirited Republican Party run by the oligarchs and plutocrats and a spineless Democratic Party that's got ties to the oligarchs and plutocrats and the poor people get left out. They get invisible, disposable. And yet we see the same brothers in the 1950s and 60s who were coming out of socially neglected and economically abandoned spaces called the ghetto by Donnie Hathaway. By Donnie Hathaway, when he said ghetto, that wasn't disgraced, that wasn't demeaning. If you from the ghetto, the way he talked about it, you straightened your back up. You got your mind together. You had love in your heart for your brother and sister on the block. And it started on the chocolate side of town, but it spilled over to the vanilla side and the red side and the yellow side and the brown side, too. The unity that we had in Attico among the black and brown. And I saw some white brothers, too. Oh, yes. And that's elementary. You got to have the unity, but you got to be honest about the powers that be dividing and conquering. And this revolutionary moment where the counter-revolution is winning. Every time I look at Brother the Rupert, Brother, I've been so inspired by you for 25 years. Because you've been talking the same thing I'm talking about right now. Same language here in Africa. We had a good time in Ghana together. Oh, yes, we did. But now it's coming back. It's coming back. And the young people are hungry and thirsty, but the young people are thirsty for truth. Oh, yes, they're hungry for truth. And the problem is that most of our leaders have either sold out, caved in, gave up. They don't want to tell people the truth. They're too concerned about their careers. They're too concerned about success. They're too concerned about just winning the next election for their status. The 1971, the Attica brothers told the truth, but they weren't the only ones. You had a whole cacophony of voices telling the truth. But who wants to tell the truth? The condition of truth is to allow suffering to speak. If you don't talk about poverty, you're not telling the truth. If you're not talking about working people being pushed against the wall with corporate profits high, you're not telling the truth. If you're not talking about the criminal activity on Wall Street and not one person going to jail yet, you're not telling the truth. Don't tell me about the crime on the block with brothers and sisters and Jamal and Leticia out taking the jail and yet gangsters who are engaged in fraudulent activity, insider trading, market manipulation, walk around having tea at night. 
That's what we need. But the sad thing is, and I'm going to end on this, the sad thing is the kind of courage that these brothers had in 1971 is in short supply. It's in short supply. Because when you bring together the national security state and the military industrial complex, when you bring together the prison industrial complex and all the profits that flow from it, when you bring together the corporate media multiplex that don't want to allow for serious dialogue, unless we got Sister Amy or Brother Tavis and some others. And then when you bring together the Wall Street oligarchs and the Pluto Pluto, the corporate plutocrats, and they tell any person or any group if you speak the truth, we'll shoot you down like a dog and dehumanize you the way we attempt to dehumanize the brothers in Attica. The only thing that will keep you going is you better have some love in your heart for the people. That's the only thing that will keep you going. The only reason why it's a long-distance runner, the Google. The only reason why Baraka is a long-distance runner. I don't care if you agree with them ideologically or not. It doesn't make any difference. They got enough love for the people in their heart to still tell the truth about poverty, about suffering, about struggle, and be able to look not just presidents, because by presidents you're just talking about the placeholder of the oligarchs and the plutocrats. I don't care what color they are to tell that truth. And most people, they, they, they hold off on that. They say, no, I got one life, one life. I, I, I saw what they did. I said, no. We're going to have a new wave. We're going to have a new wave of truth-telling. We're going to have a new wave of witness-bearing. And we're going to teach the younger generation that these brothers didn't struggle in vain, just like John Brown and Nat Turner and Marcus Garvey and Martin King and Miles Horton and the others didn't. And we shall see what happens. We might get crushed, too. But you know what? Then you just go down swinging like Ella Fitzgerald Muhammad Ali. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And now, Janice Graham. You know, when truth gets told in that way, you do want to say boom laka chaka laka um chaka laka laka. I'm gonna go to our phones. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two three four seven. You're on the air. Thank you for your call. I respect you. Three four seven. Hi Janet. This is uh, Byron Price. Oh, Just I know that him. voice. <laughs> Doctor Byron Price, the world traveler. <laughs> Where hey. are you? Well, I'm back in New York now, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, so you, you heard um, Dr. Cornell West. I you did. Know, he and, he, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's framing the truth in a way that just makes it undeniable if you are dealing in reality. Uh, I absolutely agree. I think the sad part is that you know, he's taking a lot of criticism because he's holding the president accountable. And, you know, as he says, you know, it doesn't matter who's in that uh in that in that position, they're still owned by the plutocrats and and, and the oligarchy. So, you know, it, it's surprising, it's amazing, you know, like a lot of people that were in the movement who really fought, 
they're very critical of people that criticize the president. I mean, it's it's as if you just can't say anything about this president. This president really doesn't have the same level of a uh, uh, love or concern for his people. You know, he's demonstrated that, and so and, and he's just you know I agree with Courtney. A lot of my friends get mad. I used to call uh, Doctor West a sellout, but. I think he's making it plain. I mean, there's so many things that this president, I mean, you think about poverty, you think about he didn't speak on, he just doesn't speak on anything. I mean, you think about the Michael Brown case, you think about just, you know, just about everything that's going on. I mean, he signed his Pell Grant, these new uh, laws related to the Pell Grants and education. So a lot of uh, HBCUs have lost students because of the new requirements. I mean, and so kids aren't getting educated, and then you talked about the voter uh, ID being upheld. I mean, there's just a lot of things that that are, that are not going that are not going right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Please, so you know, a to- lot of people though are struggling for answers. You know, I'm pretty much a switch hitter. If you pay attention, mm-hmm. if you know uh, American baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if you know international baseball, because the Japanese and the Koreans are much more tolerant of a switch hitter. Yeah. And so I, I take my lenses and I put it on the result, the outcome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, you know, and I don't spend a lot of time talking about President Barack Obama, and I'll tell you why. Because Dr. West said it best. He's just a placeholder. That's all. I mean, I don't understand where we got this notion that we're going to get anything ever, especially we're going to get any liberation release out of the White House. That that That's simply not going to happen because that's not why the White House exists. I agree. So we've got to find it. So I switch hit on this president a lot. When he does something good, you know, I give him his credit when when he's not on it. And, and one of the things that really irritates me about him, it is very clear to me, Dr. Price, Byron Price is on the line with us, uh, calling in with his brilliance and his activism. But one of the things that really irritates me about this president is that he, it is clear that he understands his responsibility to who got him there. Yeah. And he dances around the edges. I'll give you a good example. People who say he hasn't said anything about the the killing of Michael Brown, that he hasn't addressed Ferguson, that he hasn't addressed police brutality, he has, but he has danced on the edge. Mm-hmm. And 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 the universal criticism from the right and the left, from the progressives to the do-nothingisms, mm-hmm. they are absolutely right when they say that he never comes definitive. He dances. I agree. I agree. I agree with that assessment, you know, but I mean, like look at the stuff that you work on. You 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 work primarily on the issue of the privatization of American prisons. Mm-hmm. He he's he's talked about that. He's talked about uh the the numbers of African Americans 
who are filling these prisons and filling the quotas that these um, private groups have have set for themselves and are in and are in cahoots with the local law and local and state law enforcement people to fill the the spaces that they have built. Mm-hmm. But he has never talked about it in any definitive way where he has recommended a solution or a legislative policy proposal. And he's not serious. The causes. He's not serious because the lady appointed uh, the director, uh, Stacy. I guess you pronounce her name, Hilton or Hilton, Hilton. She uh, was a, a consultant for the GEO Group, and now she's over the U.S. Marshal, and federal privatization has has increased at an alarming rate because of the immigration push. But she's over the U.S. Marshal, who got plenty of contracts from the GEO Group. So you know the GEO Group is getting a lot of con- contracts from uh, ICE, and when you think about homeland security, I mean, the president is not serious about the mass incarceration of African American males, no, or, no, or, or African Americans or, or Latina, because you appointed someone who basically was a consultant for the GEO Group, the second largest for-profit mm-hmm. prison corporation in the United States. So he's not serious; he you just talks. Put game. the put the fox put the fox in the hen house, and the hens get control. Exactly. I mean, and the fox gets control. You know, I, I, I was uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and my friend John, R. John Smith posted on on my Facebook page a quote from Henry David Thoreau. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quote is, "There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil, to one who is striking at the root." Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. For people who are out there listening, you all come, pull your chair up, you know, bring it, bring your drink with you. And I know you all out there smoking cigarettes, so, you know, bring the ashtray too. Here's a quote. There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. Mm-hmm. And and that, that's pretty much the problem, Dr. Price. We have got to somehow get all of our activism at a place where we're striking at the root. You know, I, I just, um, I read something this, just before coming on the end, um, just shattering announcement about um, something that is going on in the black community and and you just want to shudder at these things, and none of the people who have the power. See, part of, I think just like on the issues that you're working on, these mm-hmm. are all public policy issues. Yeah. They're all public policy issues. And it is unfortunate that we have people who are not understanding how the policy process works. Mm-hmm. We keep we keep hacking at the president and hacking at the president. We're hacking at the wrong we're we're not hacking at the true at, at the at the root. We're hacking 
at the branches. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how you get, I don't know how you get people to understand that. You know, well, it's like you keep supporting mainstream media, but then you can't come back and 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 wonder why our community is operating off the garbage that is so in the mainstream media. Well, you know, we're just so you know inert. people gone. Well, I'm gonna I'm tell you my 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 perception my perception of the fact is that you know black black African American people and Africans are are very enamored with white people. So, I mean, when you go. You see the white Jesus in Africa and the U.S. And so anything white people do, for the most part, we're enamored with. I mean, like as a professor, if I teach a teacher at a white school and I come to a black school, it's like I'm God coming there because the white people vetted me. And so it, to me it's not mm-hmm, that people mm-hmm. sort of reject uh, black media. You have a lot of great uh, black media out there. I mean, the black agenda. I think you're talking about the agenda. You, you're doing a program with the brother. Uh, you sent me some information from the brother Bruce Austin, I think, uh, from the Black Agenda Report. They, they do a lot of great stuff. And Bruce I think Duke. there's a lot of great stuff out there, and like your show. But, you know, you, you hadn't been vetted by, by white, by the white people. So a lot of black people, you know, uh-huh. you're not credible because you haven't been vetted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the the story I was I was alluding to for those of you who are interested, it's it comes out of the Washington Post shows that it's a report that poor kids who do everything right don't do better than rich kids who do everything wrong. That's not surprising. You'll get that. Not surprising. Poor college grads stay poor about as much as rich high school dropouts stay rich. That's the state of emergency, folks, in case you want to know. So let me ask you, Dr. Price, what was, uh, what was, what are your thoughts about this uh, weekend of resistance in Missouri? Uh, On Wednesday, protesters shut down St. Louis City Hall there were lots of forums, lots of panels, mm-hmm. lots of preaching more and more talking. What's more, your thoughts about it? Just more talking, more pontificating. You know, more more people trying to position themselves to be the the voice of this movement. It still, to me, boils down to economics. And, and even in in the Ferguson and around the country, it's a governance problem. A lot of people haven't looked at this issue from a governance issue. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you think about the the fact that only four percent of the people are registered, and then you think about the lack of citizen participation and citizen engagement, and so our community is not engaged and they're not participating in the governance process. So these people are taking advantage of that, and you know, I I just think for me that's why I'm, I tell people I'm an entrepreneur. And I just think as uh, I think as Frederick Douglass said, you know, and I don't have the, the the exact quote. He said, you know, we're gonna continue to have problems with civil rights until we become known for being enterprising and industrious people. You know, we continue to go to people for our sustenance, and you know, it's just like how they continue to give aid to African countries, and they and they continue to not develop their own economy. And so even mm-hmm. at our even at our own black colleges, we continue to depend on 
federal grants and so forth, but the, the leadership, they don't know how to monetize or raise money or, or either create sort of other avenues of uh, revenue to fund their own colleges. So you keep depending on people to give you money. So people continue to look at you as pathetic people. So they're not going to respect you because you don't respect yourself and you continue to go to the same people for your sustenance. So, they, you know, when a lot of people, when they give you money, they feel like they own you. And you know how people, you know, when they own you, you know, they throw away things when they get tired of things that they own. And yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. So you know, you know we were of, talking about that last week mm-hmm. um, on this program about things that we can do that cost no money. That's right. I mean, there's a there's a lot of campaigning. There's a lot of public information that you need as an activist, and you need money for those things. But there are a lot of things that we can do that you need no money. That's right. I mean, if if you know if you know about basics of um, basics of of uh, economics, then all you got to do is to look in your neighborhood and find out who are the children who are never going to go to college, mm-hmm. but they have the ability to do something in commerce. They do. You know, I. I keep going back to the snow removal. Damn it, damn it, damn it. I keep going back. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, you all. I keep going because, you know, every every winter um, in my old neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, we were worried about whether or not the prices were going to go up. I mean, there, there's some big companies that will come and clean off your sidewalks and clean your steps and clean in front of your garage and all that kind of stuff. But we wanted to do it with small uh, business owners. Mm-hmm. And every year, it was a struggle. They changed the telephone number, can't find them, blah, blah, blah. It used to be a time you could look out the door, and after a snowstorm, there were four or five little boys. They're looking for $10. You can't find that. They're all know. playing video games and scared yeah. of the cold. They playing the electronic so, crack. They playing the electronic crack. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I like the way you put that, the electronic crack. Um, so that is, you know, that is one of the things. But a lot of these kids don't is, work, though, and they don't want, and a lot of kids don't want to learn either, though. I mean, it's like yeah, a lot of these kids, I teach, I, I yeah. teach at the college, a lot of these kids have $3 skills and million-dollar desires. <laughs> But there are some boys out there who want to make three hundred dollars a week. I agree, and we need to identify That's all with want to make. the politicians, yeah. the black politicians in the community. They've let the kids down because they don't have any kind of summer programs. They don't fund any kind of initiatives for people. Now they're coming around when the election time, and they're talking. But you know, when they get elected, they don't come around. So why aren't they uh, uh, sort of? Uh, putting money toward programs to get young people involved. But, see, that, that, they're not doing that. It's all about getting jobs. I know the college that I teach at just, you know, it's an employment office for politicians. As soon as they, as soon as they get a term limit or whatever, then they come right over to the university and they're working at the university. <laughs> uh-huh, you know, they had a uh-huh. whole family yeah. over there. I mean, Sounds like. Dogs, daughters, uncles, you name it, you know. Uh, 
Alpha could tell me he's in the our chat room, but what's the name of the man that left the he lost his election, so he um is now making two and a half million dollars a year <laughs> but you see he's white, and I know who you're talking about I mean um uh Keith Ellison could not do the same thing of course he not. no. They would. They might pay him two, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but they're not gonna pay him two and a half million dollars, and that is a problem that I'm not gonna even try to deal with. You know why? That's not a problem of the masses. <laughs> That's yeah. Keith Ellison's problem, <laughs> as I see it. And we've got to learn. We've got to learn to distinguish between. What are those problems? This is how we get we lose our focus. What are, between the problems that solve the systemic problems for our people, mm-hmm. and the problems that that must be personal. <laughs> We've got to learn how to do that. And sometimes we have to look at this president and say that must be personal. Because that's part of the deal. You made the yeah, deal, and that's your and deal. I don't understand him. You know, he, I mean, when I mean, Joan Rivers uh, said that we had to, she made derogative comments about him. You know, saying that when that we have the first gay president already in the White House, and then called his wife a tranny. And then he writes a note, you know, of uh, condolences yeah. to her daughter. You know, I was like. You know, that's an overarching... How do you let people insult you like that and then you insult your wife and then you trying to be gracious, you know? Well, you know, that that is probably, as Dr. Joy DeGree would say, that that is part of the injury and the trauma that we suffer. Yeah, well, I I don't suffer from that kind of trauma because, you know, I've been (laughs) good riddance, you know. Well, it certainly was good to hear from you, Dr. Price, and we have to get together and and chart out some things. We really do. I'm I'm trying to get myself situated, you know, because I got my Medicare card week before last in the mail. All right, telling everybody. Well, hey, I I, I got that. It's a blessing to to get that, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank All right, you for well, your call. And we hope you you right. are you on your listening device that I have to keep you put you on mute. Yeah, yeah, you can put me on mute. I'm on my listening device. Put me on mute. Oh, okay. See, that's how you do it. Thank you, Dr. Byron Price, and for those of you do, who do not know, a very valued our common ground voice. 661, thank you for holding. You're on the air. I respect you. I respect you also. Um, is it okay if I I just had a little tad bit about Ebola? Um, I mean, just a, just a little just a little tad tad I'm bit. I'm gonna be do. I'm gonna put you on hold, and because I'm gonna run a clip, um, I like to every everybody be on the same page on the topic. So I'm oh, gonna okay. put you on hold. Okay. Nine one four, you're on the air. I respect you. Hey, 914. I respect you too. Um, hello. Hello, you're hello? you're on the air. You're oh, on the okay. air. Okay. How are you? Doing? What's your are comment? You, are you doing fine? 
Oh, I just got comments all over the place. I kind of just tuned in. So can you explain to me what the show, what topic you're on right now? I'm going to put you on mute and you can listen in and find out. 422, you're on the air. We've only got two hours here. We, uh, 422, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? Okay, I'm going to put you on mute too. The how's you going <laughs> thing don't work for me. 213, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to say that uh, you can go shove a cactus up your ass, you stupid bitch. Yeah, well. 111, you're on the air. Here we go. 111. Okay, you didn't get it together. 312, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Hello? Oh, Oh, okay. I'm going to put you on mute. I'm trying to deal with these crazy people. (laughs) That's the way it's going to go tonight, but we've only got two hours and I don't have time. Okay, our number is 347-838-9852. We're going to go to our report on uh, Ebola so that we can talk about it as though we know what we're talking about. And uh, here we go. When it comes to Ebola, the first thing you need to know is that dying from the virus is like something out of a horror movie. It's extremely painful and terrifying. First you get a fever, then uncontrollable diarrhea, then you begin hemorrhaging blood. And while all that's hitting you, you lose touch with reality and become delirious. Finally, within days, you are dead. West Africa is currently in the midst of by far the worst case of the disease since it was first discovered in Africa back in 1976. This year's outbreak has been traced to a two-year-old boy who died on December 6, 2013 in a village in Guinea. He probably got the virus by eating contaminated food that had been drooled or defecated on by a bat, or, as is common in this part of the world, had eaten some bat for dinner. Bats, researchers believe, are the carriers of the disease. As if the two-year-old's death wasn't tragic enough, a week after it killed him, it killed his mother, his three-year-old sister, and then his grandmother. Now, it's customary in some African villages to prepare a body for burial through the extremely sanitary cleansing ritual that involves evacuating the body of all food and excreta, often using just bare hands. Since the disease is spread by bodily fluids. Now, I played that because I wanted you to get in to your thinking of how our ignorance of Africa is more dangerous than Ebola. How many of you, and um, I'll take hands by at 347-838-982 have been following how the United States um, has been managing two Ebola deaths in this country, and now we're all living under uh, a country that is so traumatized by a disease when, in fact, 585,000 people a year die from the flu. Uh, 800,000 people a year die from cancer. Um, how crazy, how are we so enamored by media, 
fear and their thirst for blood stories that we can't get past looking at an infectious disease that has killed millions, particularly in West Africa, over the last 10 decades. And we've had no thought about that. We have, we have no thought about the Hong Kong flu and and all of the other stuff that goes with it. I mean, how did we get here? Everybody's panicking. No, no I'm, I'm not kidding. Everybody is panicking about Ebola in the United States. The first case of the Ebola virus diagnosed on American soil was with Thomas Eric Duncan in Dallas, a Liberian man who came into the United States last year and unknowingly, last week, I'm sorry, or a week before last, and unknowingly brought the deadly illness with him. Last month, two Americans who got infected while treating patients were airlifted out of Liberia and taken to Emory Hospital in Atlanta. The panic actually started then as people wondered why the virus was being brought close to home. Apparently, while it was in certain regions of West Africa, it was okay because that was far away. (laughs) People wondered why the CDC wouldn't want to keep that in Africa. Oh, 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 okay. Let's not use modern medicine and the best scientific minds to see how it can be handled better. It took us four weeks to figure out that we could help when Ebola has been killing people in an epidemic over six weeks, over six months in West Africa. We should be glad that they did bring those doctors home, the media people who were put into quarantine, that they brought them home. And America saw Ebola wasn't our problem before that. The Ebola virus is not the flu, and it should be taken very seriously because it is deadly, with an estimated 70% mortality rate. But one of the first things in my mind that we should have done in this country is to begin to assess how we were going to manage people who were coming from everywhere, not just Liberia, not just Nigeria. Never was it ever a problem in Kenya, but people who had been to Liberia, who went to London, people who had been to Nigeria, uh, to Liberia, and had gone to, let's say, France. The other question that we have, and we talked about this last year on this program, is medical protocol, infectious diseases like infectious diseases and bacteria like MRSA. You remember we talked about it. I have a friend who developed the the list, the surgical list system where everything is checked before anything is done. The other question is, How surprised were you that hospitals don't have a protocol for assessing patients who come into the emergency room 
with any kind of infectious disease or the possibility of having an infectious disease like the Hong Kong flu or like some other kind of virus that is infectious. There are a lot of viruses that are airborne, like the flu, like a cold that can kill people who have respiratory problems, severe respiratory problems. Our number is 347-838-9852 if you would like to chime in on this. And I'm going to go back to the person who indicated that he wanted to talk about Ebola. 661, were you the person who wanted to talk about Ebola? Yes, I was. 661, yes. Yes, can you hear me? Your comments, please. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you'd heard about the – did you hear about the new case that they actually – it just came across breaking news in Roy, New Mexico? Shit. It's George. Yes. He's a serial masturbator. He's jerking his dick and he's spreading it. He's spreading. You see, these are really. I mean, <laughs> I I love the white parade. The white stupid. I mean, you can't fix stupid. You really can't fix stupid. Uh And I think I've got a board full. I've got about one hundred calls on here. Uh, nine one four. I'm back at you. Hey, okay. So you're talking about Ebola. So he, there was a recent case in. Oh oh, sorry about that. Nine one one. You're back on the air. Hi, I was. I wanted to uh, reply to you about the hospitals. Um, I was in, actually in yes. Atlanta when they brought the the doctor that was working overseas in, and he was actually uh-huh. pissing blood all over the floor as they were. You see, these are, this is what makes up America. And unfortunately, they're trying to jam these phones, and I'm not having any of it. So uh, you all better talk real fast because I'm going down. I mean, there are two callers on my board right now that are in three different places. And uh, I'm going to go to 405. You're on the air. I respect you. 405? Yes. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, this is Doc Don. How are you doing? Hey, Doc. I'm having problems here. (laughs) I'm fighting off white boys. Yeah, I was just listening. You know, I, I was just listening, and uh, but see, oh, this yeah, is the type of, uh, of, 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 of nonsense that exists in this country. You got a lot of stupid around, and you got a lot of these ignorant people that want to call in and interrupt dialogue and, and uh, uh, detract from, uh, you know, the topic at hand on your show on, 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 on these issues. So, you know, we don't need to give them any, any play. But uh, you, you're dealing with them just like you need to. Just boom, they're off the air. But uh, that's you know, right, on right. the Ebola, and if they act up in my chat room, they're done. They're done. D O N E. Period. Yeah. But I don't know, uh, Janice. Uh, you know, on on this Ebola thing, uh, uh, you're right. You know, I mean, when, when you look at the actual number of people that have uh, really. Um, died from it, it's a small number here in the United States. 
Uh, you I know. know. Now, I mean, you know, compared, like you said, I can, you know, I can walk in. I I can walk into any cancer center tomorrow, mm-hmm. and ten times more people have died from cancer, died from Ebola. But there are some practical things that we need to be asking ourselves, Don, and that is for any infectious protection of of, of the public, infectious disease in, protection for the public, should our CDC, should our NIH be preparing, hospitals should be prepared. Absolutely, but it's see, scary. what kind of protocol are you going to have? have you know, I was at the VA hospital yesterday. They have signs up. If you've been to, uh, you know, uh, uh, West Africa or you know anybody that's been to West Africa or uh, et cetera, you know, uh, you know, let us know right away. And uh-huh, then, you know, uh-huh. So if you let them know right away, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, they don't have anything set up. They don't have any isolation beds that, that are really, uh, you know, for specifically to deal with Ebola. Uh, I think they got about 19 beds across this country, uh, units, areas that they can uh, contain this uh, this um, virus. But, but there's- you know, I was, there's, I was looking at no them, and you know, this is almost like a joke. You know, uh, you know, who's going to say anything anyway if they really have something? Like I'm going to yeah, send it down. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. full of it. You yeah, know? you're right. But you know, but the thing is that, for instance, because I have had the kind of cancer treatment that I have had, my doctors always say to me, unless it is absolutely necessary. We never want to hospitalize you. Yeah. And they're saying that because 92% of the people who contract MRSA that kills you contracted in the hospital. So we need to be asking some very hard questions about what, how both public and private hospitals are, 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 are dealing with um, infectious disease. You know, Absolutely. and then we have to, and I know y'all out there going to get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to mm-hmm. really say it. Go ahead. The, 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 nurse, the, the nurses that contracted the, the Ebola out of Texas Presbyterian Hospital, they should have had enough training. For instance, the young woman that went on an airplane, the fact that she had been exposed to Ebola Common sense would have told her. I wouldn't have had to call the CDC. I wouldn't have called nobody. I'd have kept my ass home. Yep. That's just, that's, I mean, you're asking for personal <laughs> responsibility. And you're asking exactly. people to put, to put uh, you know, the public before themselves. And, uh, you know, that's not, that's not, just not happening. You know, I mean, common sense is not so common out there as we see now. I know. As, as I know. Everybody's always on this, on this, on the, on these uh, lines that we have here called into your your show. So uh, yeah, they should have some uh, protocol. But like I said, there's none out there. You know, just little signs uh-huh. up here and there in the hospitals, as, uh, et cetera. And everybody's around there coughing anyway. I went through the emergency room, and I'm sitting around there, and people down there coughing and sniffling and everything else. You know, <laughs> so I'm, uh-huh. I'm glad uh-huh. I got a flu shot. I got it. But. You know, yeah. but uh, let me tell you, I, I want to tell everybody 
in during flu season, if you have to go to the emergency room or if you have to go to a doctor's office or you if you have to go into a hospital clinic or any place where sick people are and go to get help, you should wear a mask. If you are sick, you should wear a mask if you have to go to the hospital or the doctor's office. That's common sense. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm telling you, they're not going to adhere to. Yeah, they're, they're not. Um, Don, yeah, let me and, ask and you And there's no requirement that the hospital to do that. Now, they have them there. They've got a, they've yep, got a, they've right. got a, uh, a, a, a mass dispenser in the hospital emergency rooms. They got them there. Yep. Yeah. But nobody's and, and utilizing yeah. them. Some, you may, one or two people may have them on, Janice, you know, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, luckily I got, I got in and got out of there because I had a, something specific to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, but, and uh, I realized. Oh, you, you're right. You know, when you go to the hospital, I mean, what, what do you expect? That's where you're going to yeah. catch stuff because that's where people car come who are sick. Yes. <laughs> Period. I mean. I have a lot more. I, I do want to say to people that I have a lot more sensitivity about this kind of stuff because I'm a cancer survivor and I went through chemotherapy, and I had I wore masks on the train, on the bus, at the grocery store, everywhere on times when my white blood cell count was down so low because I knew I caught something I could die. That's right. Yeah, that immune system with white blood cell count is low. That means the immune system is not working the way it ought to be. That's right. And so So, you have to take precautions. But anyway, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I I was just mainly listening tonight, uh, Janice. I really didn't have any uh, prepared uh, thought on this. It was commentary, you know. I'm just shooting from the hip right now. And I really don't like to do that much. But, uh, you know, I'm glad you called because I really wanted to to uh uh you know indicate that you do have uh, some 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 dummies out there that's that's on these telephone lines trying to disrupt the program but we're not going to let that happen so we're we're listening uh-huh. Janice and, just, and they're not dummies I'm on the phone my computer is Yeah so I'm I'm listening on the phone Okay I'll put you on mute Thank you Okay that was Doc Don in Oklahoma. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to get into this fixing our lives, TV voodoo. Is it helping? Does it help? I'm going to not go to the Stacy Dash thing tonight. I think that, you know, we could do without that. This is Our Common Ground, and I'm Janice Graham, and coming back from break at 347-838-9852, I'll be listening for you. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. It's a free mix on your radio station. Turn it up so you can drown out all the media hype. We're going to have a new wave. We're going to have a new wave of truth telling. We're going to have a new wave of witness bearing. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. This is Our Common Ground. Bold, brave, black. Being true to power and ourselves. Talk that man. The government ain't gonna stop it as long as they make a profit off our criminalization. Our people gonna be your target. Justin Tippin, Window Allen, who gonna be next? Fuck the talking, get some power, then we get some respect.
trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Obama says we're not gonna have boots on the ground, but now you got over a thousand soldiers. You know why there's gonna be more? Because they're gonna start killing some of those that we've already pulled there now. Because if you can't get thirty thousand Shiites to stand their ground and they're fully armed against a thousand Sunnis and they drop their weapons, drop their uniforms, drop their draws and run. What have you got? Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. The Alpha Show. The Alpha Show. Fridays, 10 p.m. Just damn. Advanced political pushback. Talk radio on TruthWorks Network. The Alpha returns on TruthWorks Network, October 24th. He's gone fishing. But he'll be back every Friday. He's all about politics. 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network. of Our Common Ground. Join me on Saturdays for brunch at the I Declare Brunch with India Declare. Saturday morning brunch, 11 a.m. Real, raw, and right now. Live on Blog Talk Radio. To the I Declare Show. Real, raw, right now, talk media? I declare it. India Declare. Real, raw, and right now. Our voice is something that we sometimes take for granted. We sometimes lose sight of the power that we have to affect change with that voice. So we wanted to show people what it's like to lose that voice and their ability to have a set. In a cab, for instance. No, no, I'm not going to 39th and Cottage Grove. Who is that? No, I'm going to State and Lake. Sir, I'm, you're going the wrong way. Where are you taking? Or. Totally. Mm-hmm. Some different. Uh, I think we need to, uh, it's just a little more conservative. Oh, okay, conservative. Why don't we straighten it out? Straighten? Straighten it. What? Mm-hmm. We're going to straighten you right on out, girl. Right. What are you talking about? I don't want that in my hair. Let's just try a little. It, what is happening? One part in the back. Let's this see. doesn't make any sense. Look right. different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold no, on. No, no, no. Hello? Who is it? Let's cut it really short. What? Let's just cut it at the shoulder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, hold on. No, no, no. That's not going to work. Are you afraid of it? I'm good. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before you go. Before you go, ma'am. It's not funny. No, no, no. It's just a little bit. No, I don't want it's that in my... It's 
easy, easy. How was that experience for you? I got you. I got you good, girl. (laughs) I did not enjoy that. (laughs) Well, this is just an example of what it's like to lose your power when someone else makes the decisions for you. Now, imagine if he was making the decision not to raise minimum wage for all the hardworking people out there, or that it's okay for the police to continue targeting our community using unjust and deadly force with zero accountability. That puts a lot into perspective to have someone come in and tell me how to wear my hair. I don't know this man, and he doesn't know me. So you don't want somebody like me making decisions for you? Uh, absolutely. To affect what I'm being paid or if someone can violate me on the street, I can't have that. Well, it's just that simple. If you don't speak up, someone else will speak for you. This is Janice Graham asking you to turn it up, turn it out. The most important election in our nation's history. November 4th, 2014. The nation will be listening for you. Do you see our women being killed on the highways? By the police? What kind of man are we? That you can't protect the woman? That's your mother and the mother of your children? You gonna let police just knock her down? That's the time to die! is our common ground. Broadcasting bold, brave, and black. You'd better know. to vote that you have your voter ID card if you require one and that you know which polling place to go. That is your homework for next week, folks. If we do not go out and vote, we are going to be living in the land of white male control from the right. All of those people who will put into place public policy, public initiatives, who will destroy any civil and human rights that you have, November 14th, 2014, you need to turn out the vote. You need to be calling 
all your family members, calling all your friends, reminding people at work that they need to, if they, if you're in a state where you require ID, that they need to get their ID. Somebody needs to set up some ID places or something because this is the problem. This is, you heard, you heard those callers. I still have some of them on the board. They're still on the board. They're just sitting there. This is about not about black outrising uprising. This is about white rising, white fragility and white violence and hatred in America. And you can report me on it. In 1900, W.E.B. Du Bois declared that the problem of the 20th century would be the problem of the color line. His prediction turns out to be as true. For our 21st century black men and women in contemporary America are judged not by the content of the character, but by the color of their skin. And for black Americans, such judgment is not for us. Here I go personal. Here I go intimate. I'm sorry if you don't like my the perfume of my shower gel. It is not merely hurtful or offensive. It is often fatal. Every one of your brothers, your sisters, your sons and daughters is just one hashtag, one bullet away from being a hashtag. It be, it has become a literal matter of life or death. The number of African Americans killed because of their color is legion and showing no signs of slowing down. Michael Brown was shot to death by police. Darren Wilson in Ferguson, Missouri, while walking on a street. Darren Wilson is not in jail. He has not been arrested. He has not been charged. Two days later, Ezell Ford was shot and killed by Los Angeles Police uh, Department officers. John Crawford was shot to death by police after he dropped a toy gun in an, an Ohio Walmart. Jonathan Farrell was shot 10 times and killed by Charlotte, North Carolina police while he sought medical aid after sustaining injuries in a car collision. Eric Garner was suspected of selling untaxed cigarettes and choked to death by New York police officers. And we saw most of that on video. Far too many more human lives because you failed to get an ID card before you, because you failed to show up at the polls. These are not mere statistics. Could be added to this tragic and unnecessary list. Lives such as Trayvon Martin are... Good evening, Janice. Maybe Janice gets cut off. Well, I, the Blog Talk Radio just dropped me right off of their new direct connection. I apologize. I was talking my brains out, and I was talking about uh, how W.E.B. Du Bois in, two, in 1900 declared that the problem of the 20th century was the problem of the color line. And his prediction turns out as true for our twenty four as for us in the twenty first century. And I was looking at the litany of unarmed modern Emmett Tills and saying that you need 
to get out and vote. Get your ID cards. This is your homework from our common ground. Get your ID cards. Find out where your polling places are. Um, the You really need to make sure that you are ready. This is the most important election in our history. 773, you're on the air. I'm sorry. I lost the connection just as you came on, um, I think. I don't know when I lost the connection. 773. Well, uh, how are you doing, Janice? I'm doing good, Alpha. Thanks for the call. Well, I did get a prompt that I was on, and Wifey told me he heard me, and I figured I was on it. You had been dropped somehow. Were you talking? Were you talking on my radio program while I wasn't there? You were looking the other way. It's a takeover. <laughs> it's a takeover. You know. Uh, okay, because you got a radio program on Friday night at 10 p.m., and I know where to come and find you. What's on your mind, <laughs> Alpha? Real quick, because. I got to get to this, and and I want to hear. I, I, you know what? Can I put you on hold, and we go sure, through this clip? Sure. Okay. Last week we talked about um, uh, the radio, the TV show, fix, fix your life. Please fix my life. Please do something about my life. Um, and we talked about a young man that was on with Ilyanla. Uh, Van Sant, who is an Our Common Ground voice. And, uh, by the way, um, before it became pop culture, I was, a, I, I was a, a follower. I read all her books. I used her diary system. I, I did all the things that she said to do because I was in my 30s and I needed something to hold on to. You understand? So, but anyway... She had a show. I had never seen the show before, and everybody was talking about it. So I took a look with a young man who had 37 children by 17 women. And then she had a group of black men, 87 children by 50 different women. And I want to share with you uh, what occurred on that show as, Dr. Van, Reverend Van Zant approached this subject. And one of the things I want to ask you, whether you think this helps, is this voodoo TV? Is it another, but uh, on a different level, uh, uh, reality TV, all the things that we hate about reality TV? And the other is whether or not our pain as black people and the issues that we face as a result of our history, as a result of our economics, as a re- result of our, uh, as Dr. West said earlier, uh, our invisibility and disposability. Um, I'm wondering if this helps. Is it helpful? Here it is. Whether you all be friends or not, I just want you all to know the truth and make choices from your place of power and not from your place of brokenness. And if you know the man that you are in love with, in lust with, in heat with, is sleeping with another woman, go get you a bob. You know what a bob is? Mm-hmm. A battery-operated boyfriend. Don't stop now! 
First of all, the situation is completely different than the way that it appears right now and the way it's meant out to be. They see it. I can't lie to them because they know. And you're right here. I can't. It, it, I have no choice but to be honest at this point. There's, it's impossible. Is he being honest? I lied. I, I mean, if I can't say anything, I shouldn't say nothing. I don't trust you right now. That's how I feel. And I'm hurt by you. That's how I feel. I can hear that. Thank you for that. I mean, it's just not right. Thank you for that honesty. You made me think that this was going to be something that worked. Don't give, don't you dare put that tissue down. I can't give him. No. He's a big boy. Let him take care of himself. Doesn't matter. I can take care of myself. Let him take care of himself. But you told me this was going to be something. I told you I was going to blow your world up. But you didn't tell me you were going to resort to to antics and tactics and things that weren't honest and integral. You didn't tell me that. It doesn't matter. Such as what? Doesn't matter. Such as what? The tactics no, it that you use. Because you took what? little fragments in everybody's life and threw them out there so they could be an explosion. I just want to leave, man. Okay, so go ahead and leave. The award goes to. It was imperative that these women hear it from his mouth. And he was doing well until he got confronted with telling the absolute unbridled truth to everybody. The thing is, here's, I mean, this is woman talk now, but if you accommodate that and tolerate that, and then after a week, a month, a day, or whatever, he can come back to worship at the temple, then there's no consequence for right. it. I, 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 no. You've done that one time too many, and I am complete. No more. This pathology of abandonment has been and continues to be devastating for Jay and everyone in his life. In the same way Jay's parents walked out on him, he's now walking out on the process. I'm unfazed. Because the most important thing for me is that I leave you women whole. Why? Because you got them babies. (laughs) Secure the children first. So this is a man who after three days of work, when he couldn't have his way with me, he turned on me, made me wrong, denounced the process, and walked out. If he's done, I'm done. Don't chase him. Don't follow him. If he's done, I'm done. Hello? You know why? I know who I sleep with. (laughs) And that is our dear sister, Reverend Van Sant. Um, kind of uh, taking on a tough subject and a subject that needs to be taken on. Obviously, a lot of these women, uh, the I can't, I, I can't even imagine this, and I know I got Alpha waiting for me, but I can't even imagine. 32 children, 17 women. Three of the women were pregnant all at the same time. 
And I wonder if all of this drama, is it going to help or is it harmful uh, for it to be a TV drama? I mean, I was sitting there thinking, uh, is there going to be any follow-up? And there was some follow-up, and one of the follow-up was a letter that one of the children who were also part of the program uh, uh, sent an open letter to um, Reverend Van Zant, indicating to her that she felt hurt and offended that this program used her life and her father was still off the hook and made somewhat of a a martyr in this matter. Another part I do want to share with you is this. It's a consequence. This is now a consequence of your behavior years and years for which no one has ever held you accountable. And it's not really that they don't want to be in relationship with you. They don't trust you. And they don't trust you with their heart because of your inconsistent, irresponsible, self-engrandizing, ego-based behavior. Do you love these people? Do you love them? That's a yes or no. Yes times 10 million. Absolutely. Do you love them enough to let them go and never, ever make any attempt to contact them again? Do you love them enough to let them go? If I thought that that was the best thing It's a yes or no. I don't know. I don't understand. It's a yes or no. Right. I mean, if they don't want nothing to do with me and don't want me in their life. They don't want anything to do with you. They're embarrassed by you. Right. They think it's disgusting to be one of your 34 children. This has been one of the most painful experiences I ever had in my life. I'm numb. Do you love your children enough to let them go? I do. And so uh, here we have a a, a pendulum with about five different points uh, in this program. Uh, Fix my life or can you fix my life or do you fix my life? And I'm wondering... If we are making complex through drama and sort of uh, another form of reality TV, the strategies that we need to be to put into place in order to handle these kinds of issues. Our number is 347-838-9852. Alpha, thank you for holding. I'm so sorry. But Not I need to all, get Jeremy. through that. No problem, not at all. Well, I, the mere fact that what what she is selling is too thorough, that no one who is involved is listening to. The people that she, uh, who were the guests on her show, the father of all of these children, and, you know, the children themselves being indignant about being part of this 
program unwilling being part of this program, they they really lost the the context. You see, people who are still engaging in this process and, and this behavior aren't listening. They weren't watching. And they will continue to behave like that. And just the mere fact that this this was a this was a just dude just desserts for the men who have perpetrated this fraud on well, the see, Well let me let me let me um interject something here. I, I don't think that we should relinquish accountability on the part of the women. And I also, one of the things that I picked up was that we have always measured these things by whether or not the man was able to handle his financial responsibilities. But we have never used the benchmark of the quality and of 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 his character or her character. So I I don't I don't want to relinquish accountability to the women in this case. Um, men and women, in my estimation, use sex differently when they are using it and using it as a point of manipulation. But I think that for those who do that it, it we can't say that men do it and women do not do it both men and women do it but my question really is you know i i go back to my friend and our common ground voice uh terry williams the author of black pain it just looks like we're not hurting and i don't think that we have a conscious in our community I think we have to deal with these issues, Alpha. I really do. But I don't think that we have a conscious strategy or the resources or the trained, the, the culturally trained squad of social service, counselors, psychologists who, deal, who, who can deal with this. So here we are on national TV, sponsored by, I mean, um, Fix My Life is is a show on the Oprah Network own, and the people, these people, if 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 her producers didn't go out and find this story, these people would never have gotten the help that they need. So what happens to all the people who don't get the help? The 80, 87 men with 50 women, 87 children, 87, I, I got to get this right, 87 children, the different the, women. Well, Janice, they can't help everybody. This, this, you can't what? I said they can't help everybody. This is a cancer that seems to be prevalent in the culture of our youth. And 
it's not going to, they're not, they're unable to reach everyone. What they're trying to do is reach, to start, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, you but, know, but then, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The people who who have heard now, heard about this show, and they're going to go on demand and watch it, um, they are not people, they are people who will identify with it. They will laugh about it. Uh, they will they will think maybe for two days about it, but they won't seek the help that they need. And she clearly, I mean, I, there's no doubt about it in the program, she identified the pathology that is so prevalent in our community. She also identified and helped people who were watching the show and who will watch the show the nature of the the pain and the struggle and the setup of these children's lives. Well, so I, I, I'm just wondering if it helps. If it helps, you know, one of the dangers, I think, in this drama on TV is this, that whatever help there is on Please fix my life. I love my life. Or fix my life. Or come help me, please. Whatever this show is, I, I only watch this one segment, um, and I do plan on watching other segments. My my daughter is is also a big follower of Von Zant uh, since she was in junior high school because she was reading the books along with me. Um, and she loves her dearly, but she also loves Oprah. Oprah. Uh, Oprah. Um, so I, I just wonder because it is so temporary. I mean, if you look at how we are beginning in this country to set up a narrative about how how evil and immoral black people are. Are there young people out there, I mean, young adults out there who are saying, oh, yeah, this happens, uh, deal with it, live with it? And the other the other problem, and I want to throw it out, and for those of you who would like to join in the conversation and have a comment about this, 347-838-9852 is our number. The other thing that I'm worried about with all of this is that – Many social social service counseling people in that in the mental health community have begun to understand that we're dealing with adults and young adults right now who are the products of the the crack epidemic in our community, and therefore they got minimal parenting skills. I mean, you learn how to be a parent by watching your parent. Um, and then adding to that body of knowledge and understanding. And many of them are so frigging immature, they're not read, they won't read anything, so they, you know, we have TV and, and, and talk radio. And it, it does something for us, temper, it does something for the, for the watchers, for the TV watchers, the the people who tune in temporarily, but do we have have we set up the infrastructure to deal with it ongoing? 
And that is my concern. Well, the concern is legit. But setting up an infrastructure, we don't – do we view the the, uh, the Mari show or the Bill Cunningham show? And look how de- look how destructive that they they but, they are. But that is what. And I do agree that this is more on the positive scale than those shows. But it's not the same kind of show. Yeah, those shows are more popular too. When you look at those shows, those shows are, are on a a network uh, that is a, that is easily accessible to the masses. So therefore that. Puts the that makes it more popular. Mm-hmm. But I'm look, wondering, and let like, me throw this out to you, Alpha. I'm wondering if Reverend Van Zant is is by all imagination brilliant, in tune, and just skilled in the way in which she deals with our people. It's it's a well, unique talent. And I'm wondering if she should be asking Oprah to invest in perhaps an an academy to train social workers in our community that service our community to train and and provide some skills training and cultural temperature to the work that psychologists and psychiatrists do in our hospitals and our community centers. That's what, what, I mean, I'm not ready to throw her out. I'm just wondering if all this drama perpetuates a sense that uh, you can go and watch this laugh um Talk back to the TV for a couple for an hour or so every week, and that's the end of it for the people who are hurting. The broken we have so many broken people. We have we have broken people. We we, we don't even know. We you you know you got some broken people out there. You know you got some broken people in your families. There are those of you out there who are broken. All of us are broken in some way. I'm broken hell, and I try to work on being strong, getting strong in the broken places. But I ain't trying to do it on TV, from the TV. Well, you're absolutely right about that. I call, I call the Alpha Show. No. <laughs> but, but in the same, in the same, I mean, to to be to be honest about this. This is this is basically the same thing. This is an attempt at a reality TV that has some substance. That is about a reality that we don't want to talk about. That we don't want to touch upon. When confronted with being honest, when called out on the insidious behavior, each one of those men. Get the one thing the defense mechanism went up and they copped an attitude. They 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 got defensive about it and and combative about it because that's all they know. That's what they're going to do. That's what they do. 
Well, I don't think all of the... the, um, I I, I just think that that healing is a long-term process. And I'm just really hoping, and from what I know of her, and, of course, I've... um, uh, early on in her career, uh, I've had four hours of conversation with her, and I'm just hoping that this new celebrity status that she has, that she will use it to catapult a whole new system of how we deal with mental illness, with broken pieces and parts of our people. That's that's all I'm saying. I I. I uh, it, you know, it, it, when you are not so totally broken as some of the people, and I looked at her lineup, when you're not so totally broken as some of the people that she has on her show, it's helpful. I agree. But for the people who are watching this, the women who are watching this, who have a who are the uh, baby's mama of some man that has 34 other children. Unraveling yourself from that and unraveling yourself and moving away from that pain and getting healed from that pain is more than two hours on drama TV. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm never advocate. I'm not advocating for her show to go up. Hey, Alpha, while I got you, what you got on tap for Friday night when you come back? Well, Genesis, you know, there's so much, there's so much going on. And one of my biggest uh, objections, one of my biggest, my pet peeves is simply this. As you pointed out, we've had so many people die from other things other than Ebola on our shores. Ebola is claiming one life. And the conservative corporate news media has driven this to a fearful epidemic. The fear is larger than the death toll. The fear itself that has mm-hmm. been picked up and carried. And the politicians are afraid not to carry the same fear to the people. And when you get to a point where, once again, media has driven a topic, uh, a perception, there's something wrong, not just with our judges, our regulators, but the media is has to be the fourth branch of government, period. And that seems that, and that's one of the problems we have to address. Okay. So that's what you're going to be doing on Friday night. For those of you who are new to us, Alpha is the host of the Alpha Show, which uh, broadcasts on our Sistar Network, TruthWorks Network, on Friday night, 10 p.m. And he is the alternative urban progressive black political talk master. He is the granddaddy of them all, and we hope that you will join us. You can also find him on Facebook, The Alpha Show, and like him on Facebook so that you can get updates about what he's bringing on tap 
on the Alpha Show, 10 p.m. Alpha, thank you so very much. Love you, my brother. And look Take forward care, to look forward to next Friday night. Uh, I knew Alpha was going to have to get in the Ebola thing. I know he'd been thinking about that stuff. Uh, our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. We don't have a lot of time. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap all of this stuff up. How about that? This is our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. That town is a microcosm of what's going on all over the country. Now, black men are being shot down, but the courts don't give us justice. Come on. The coroners are the brothers of the killers. So you don't know what happened to Michael Brown, they don't know how many times he was shot yet. And you know that's the way we're being handled. Not only in that town, but all over America. But it has reached the boiling point. I have warned you as your brother that they were going to bring tanks. I have warned you that if you don't stop killing each other, your killing each other will be the predicate for their action coming in to kill us all. Listen, listen, listen. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I'm Miles Graham. Turn out the vote for our future. For our future. For our future. Future. To our common ground with Janice Graham. But who wants to tell the truth? The condition of truth is to allow suffering to speak. You don't talk about poverty, you're not telling the truth. You're not talking about working people being pushed against the wall with corporate profits high. You're not telling the truth. 
If you're not talking about the criminal activity on Wall Street and not one person going to jail yet, you're not telling the truth. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground, a sanctuary for truth. Next week at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking about medical disparities in our community. Um, I read a report this week which said researchers studying Medicare claims ranging from 2007 to 2011 reported that black type 2 diabetics are far more likely to lose a limb due to complications from the disease. The report from uh, Dartmouth Atlas Project indicated that blacks were times more likely than non-blacks to lose their legs from complications arriving from type 2 uh, diabetes, and the report focused on those patients suffering both type 2 diabetes and peripheral arterial disease. Um, circulation issues, and the discrepancy is at least partially attributed to a corresponding reduced likelihood of blacks receiving preventative care, including blood tests and regular foot exams. Joining us will be Dr. Stephen Smith. He is probably the person who rang the bell on medical disparities for blacks in this country and uh, was the first author uh, in the New England Medical Journal who wrote about those disparities and why why those disparities exist. And we hope that you will join us. Also, we're going to be talking about with our friend Chauncey De Vega, the recurring rationalization of racism, semantics, pivots, false equivalencies, insane conspiracy theories, and stupid jokes are all ways of not facing the issue of racism. And we are going to talk about those. Recently, um, Chad McDonald in the blog Quiet Mike um, wrote about speaking with a man who seemed to think that black people are more racist than any other ethnicity. And when Chad asked him to explain himself, his reasons were stunningly ignorant. He said, and I quote, why is it that blacks from Africa can succeed while black Americans' success is in short commodity? It seems odd, even though black Americans already speak the language and understand the culture. It can't be racism, considering that black Africans are blacker than black Africans. Or maybe it has something to do with the culture of American blacks. Yes, I know I'm not supposed to say it, but perhaps listening to gangster rap and having children by the litter out of wedlock, 
refusing to speak proper English or pursue education for fear of acting white and celebrating the criminal hip-hop culture isn't good for black America. Wow. Where do we even start with such ignorance and hatefulness? Black people are compartmentalized, insulted, assaulted, arrested, put down, patted down, shot, maimed, killed, jailed, dismissed, and disappeared at a rate that have whites screaming in terror, period. Chad McDonald will be joining us at Our Common Ground on next Saturday night, and we hope that you will as well. Thank you for being with us, and we will see you right here next Saturday. Thanks to all our callers, Don Alfo, Dr. Byron Price popping in. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Don't be afraid to look at your patterns and your pathologies, no matter how old you are, because we've got to make way for the next generation. Some of the stuff that we suffer through, suffer with, suffer in, we need to eliminate it. You can be the one to heal it. You can be the one to lift it up. You can be the one to clear it. You understand? You can be the one. Uh, And it doesn't require anything of you that you don't already have. Thank you for being with us at Our Common Ground. We need and require your support to be brave, bold, and black. I'm Janice Graham. Each Saturday, 10 p.m., I'll be listening for you.